It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol on the tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we are going to get you caught up on all of the news. The Bengals return to practice on Monday, and there are some significant returnees for the Bengals, along with some injury updates and roster moves to get you caught up on. Before we get into some numbers, start looking forward a little bit to Carson Wentz and the Eagles. And James has some reasons that he thinks we can be optimistic about the 0-2 Bengals, and, well, we'll see what I think of those when we get there. But James, before we get into it, how about that football over at Nyko Sports with the Joe Burrow image, the Joe Burrow stats, the Cincinnati Bengals helmet, the history of the team, the high-def image of Paul Brown Stadium? How can you not want that as a collector of Bengals memorabilia? What better way to commemorate Joe Burrow's first season, right? He's the franchise savior than this football from Nyko Sports. Look, it's only $99. And it is a perfect full-size football that belongs in your office or man cave. All you have to do is call 1-800-345-2868 right away. They are selling like crazy. So make sure you call 1-800-345-2868. You can also order online at nikosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. And make sure you let them know that Locked on Bengals sent you. I know a lot of collectors listen to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We just wanted to make sure you were aware of this sweet opportunity from Nyko Sports. Let's get into the news, though, James. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals football team and not a Cincinnati Bengals collectible football. James, there are a lot of roster notes to hit today, but let's start with the return of Alex Redman to the Cincinnati Bengals practice squad. He's a guy that some people thought was, if he was healthy anyway, in the running to start before Xavier Suofilo started in week one. His replacement for week two was Fred Johnson, whose struggles have been pretty well chronicled at this point from week two. This guy is a 6'7 tackle who the Bengals asked to play guard, and he and Bobby Hart couldn't get on the same page for stunts. He got ran over a few times, and now Alex Redmond is back. And honestly, I don't know if this is just the way Jim Turner has me conditioned, but I would be surprised as of Monday, if Redmond isn't active come Sunday? I think he's going to be active too, Jake. I think he's not only going to be active as one of those two players that the Bengals can promote to the the 53-man roster ahead of, and it becomes a 55-man roster ahead of week three. Um, but, But I wouldn't be shocked if he gets snaps because it's clear they do not trust Billy Price in that guard role. And I know he got some reps there week one, but on a short week, 
they went with Fred Johnson. It clearly didn't go well. And I also wonder if maybe uh, Alex Redmond's agent watched that and was like, hey, man, maybe you should go back to Cincinnati's practice squad. And and you you should because you're going to get a shot there. I, uh, you know, what can you say? Look, Redmond, can he be serviceable? I think he can if he's more disciplined. And by that, I mean, stop having so many damn penalties. But I don't blame the fans out there that were moaning and groaning because it's a another familiar face, a guy that, uh, you know, that, that you know what you're going to get with him for the most part. And why not give Shaq Lawson a shot before you give Alex Redman a shot? I think that's probably where some people are, or Billy Price for that matter, who uh, is more well-known certainly in the Bengals community. Now, there's also a chance that Redmond is called up and doesn't play or isn't even called up from the practice squad this week. Who knows what kind of shape he's in? He hasn't been around a team for a couple of weeks, but it's not surprising that he's back in Cincinnati is is the driving point of this entire conversation because we know what Jim Turner thinks of him. Some other Bengals news that we should hit on here, James. CJ Uzama went to the injured reserve as feared and sort of as expected, and in his place, the Bengals have signed from the practice squad Mason Shrek. This is notable because Uzama was, A, the number one tight end on the team, so big opportunity for Drew Sample to step into that role, but B, the Bengals actually went with three tight ends on the field a number of times on Thursday against the Browns, that becomes a lot harder to do if your third tight end has just come up off the practice squad. So this is a fairly significant hit to the roster, especially because that forces Seathan Carter to be your second tight end at this point. But Drew Sample did acquit himself fairly well in that larger receiving role on Thursday. So we'll see what he can do going forward. It puts Sample in a position to to certainly show up and show out after an off season where he bulked up some, he feels quicker, certainly stronger train with Sam Hubbard. And I like what I've seen from him uh, over the first two games of the year, but you're right. Losing Uzama, it's painful. I mean, Joe Burrow's first touchdown goes to him. I think Uzama is really, really confident right now in his ability to, to make plays in the passing game. Obviously he's always been a, uh, over the past couple of years, at least a willing blocker he's developed in that area and so, yeah, I just one, I'm devastated for him because it's such an awful injury to a great human. I think CJ is a great dude, but it does open the door up for Drew Sample. Um, and I've heard some people say, oh, well, what do you put on Tate at tight end? That's not going to happen. <laughs> He's a wide receiver. So I, I would be shocked. Now, that could result in more receivers getting reps during the during the game, unless three tight end sets. But don't expect to see Auden Tate at tight end. I think number 19 is going to stick uh, at that wide out spot. Yeah, I think any ideas that he's going to move to tight end at this point are a sailed ship that would have had to have happened way early in his career. He, he's, I agree with you, a wide receiver through and through. The last thing that we want to get to here in the open is that the Bengals had some guys making steps to come back to play on Sunday. Sean Williams back at practice on Monday. We don't get an official injury report until Wednesday, but that is certainly positive signs for Williams especially the way the linebackers have played so far. He might be back on the yeah. field again in a third safety role in that big dime look. And Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels were both on the rehab field today as they worked their way back and hope to play on Sunday. And their return could be a morale boost as much as anything, right? Because if I'm that defensive line and, you know, I'm DJ reader and you signed here because you thought you were going to play with Geno Atkins. And then Mike Daniels comes in and you feel like, you know, you have a shot 
you you know you have a shot to to lay a foundation and surprise some people, and now you're third in the league at least going into Monday night's game, and rushing yards given up. Well, you're pissed off, and you, you heard that on Thursday night from DJ Reader after the game, and, and so I think, yeah, Geno Atkins coming back talent wise, of course it's going to help, but I think it's also going to give some hope, right? Sean Williams is going to give some hope, and, and I, I think that those additions, as much as anything you almost are, are more confident and it's a confidence boost for this team after they've only lost by eight points, uh, you know, in two games. So I, I think it, as much as anything, it's like, all right, let's roll, let's do this. And it's going to be tough because I, and I know we're going to get into Philly in a second. Uh, Philly's going to be ready to play. You know, they're going to be hungry and motivated to get their first win of the year, because if they go and three, you know, they're, they're not making the playoffs. And I think a lot of people in Philly uh, expected the Eagles to, to at least make the playoffs this season. But let's be real, the Bengals are also going to hopefully be those same things. Mad, hungry, you know, ready to, whatever. I I just, they're both 0-2 teams. They they should both be, you know, desperate animals backed into a corner fighting for their lives at this point. And if they come out flat, at that point, it's just a huge indictment of their respective team's coaching staffs. James, let's get into, you mentioned 0-3 teams not going to the playoffs. Let's get into some numbers. As the playoff field has expanded this year, does the curse of 0-2 still exist? Is 0-2 still an 0-tombstone, as those on Twitter are so apt to call it? We'll get into that, some other numbers, some Carson Wentz stuff coming up next. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, which is by far the most convenient, easiest way to find affordable parts for your vehicle online the site is simple it's a family business they've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps anything you could possibly need for your vehicle james what are some of the other reasons that rockauto.com is so great for our listeners over 300 car makers not models thousands of models of cars and parts for your vehicle and the convenience of it, Jake. I, I use rockauto.com. I went online. I used their website. And guess what? You can do it from home in your fuzzy slippers and you can wait a couple days. And then that package is going to be dropped off right on your doorstep so you can make the fixes that you need to get back on the road or whatever you need to do to fix your car and save money doing it. So go to rockauto.com. Check out all the parts available. See how convenient it is. And when you do place that order, Make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed so switch to TurboTax today make your moves they'll make them count see guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees experts only available with TurboTax live 
All right, James, as we don't have a football game fresh in our minds from Sunday, the Bengals, of course, playing on Thursday, let's get into some numbers on this episode that we're recording on Monday night. The first number that I want to talk about is two. Two losses. The Owen Tombstone, as I've seen it called on Twitter for the first time in my life this year. Really clever stuff, football Twitter people. Owen two teams from 2009 to 2019 under current playoff rules, the expanded playoff field, 14 teams get in. Owen two teams have made the playoffs only 11% of the time. They're about, what are there, 9 or 10 0-2 teams in the NFL right now. The Bengals are one of them. The Eagles are one of them. Maybe one of those teams makes a playoffs this year and is one of those 11%, but it's a pretty grim picture. Here's how it changes for whoever wins the Week 3 game in Philly. 1-2 teams are 31% to make the playoffs. 0-3 teams, 6%. To make the playoffs, James. So if the Bengals or the Eagles don't win this week, you can essentially write the season off at that point. You're talking extreme fringe cases making the playoffs from an 0-3 start. Yeah, I I wouldn't expect that. And, and it's crazy to think about this Eagles team. Look, I, I think a lot of people expected the Bengals to be 0-2 going in this matchup. I didn't. I had them 1-1. One but no one really expected the Eagles to be 0-2. I think everyone assumed they would beat Washington and potentially have a shot in Week 2 against the Rams, and yet they're reeling. And that's why when I talk about desperation, there's just more pressure, I think, on the Eagles, much like the Browns last week, where the expectations are just much higher. Um, so, But you're right. I mean, this is, especially when you hear Joe Burrow, after the game, talk about how he's never lost back-to-back games. And then T. Higgins on Monday said the same thing, that, yeah, he can't remember the last time he lost back-to-back games in football. And the last time he lost back-to-back games until Thursday was his senior year in high school on in a basketball, uh, during his basketball season. So it's these guys, they know um, how inc- crucial Sunday is. And when you look at the numbers, it certainly reflects that. And that's, that's kind of the key here because if, if they win Sunday, they're exactly where I had them after three games, one and two. And given that Jacksonville's the very next week, which is a variable, very winnable game at home, they'll be playing in front of 6,000 fans. You know, th- there's a real shot at two and two, but they got to handle business this week. Hopefully they get some reinforcements. Um, because if not, I'm afraid people are going to be starting to talk about the draft and things like that in October, which is something you had to do last year. And I don't want Bengals fans to have to do that this year. I don't want to worry about the draft until January, to be honest. I don't want to talk about it really at all. And and for that to happen, the Bengals have to uh, hold up their end of the bargain and at least stay in the hunt, hang around and be competitive. I'll tell you what, that's already started on Bengals Twitter, James. People are talking about <laughs> what if the Bengals can get that number one pick and and then trade nope. out of it, get get seven Ugh. draft picks, including Penny Sewell from Oregon. The other really interesting note I just want to hit on here, and this doesn't apply to the Bengals this year, obviously, but in in the last eight years, maybe longer, according to Justice Mosqueda on Twitter, a team playing on wildcard weekend has not made the Super Bowl. The teams that have made the Super Bowl are teams with a bye. For, for at least, he, he says, two election cycles, which I, I assume means eight years. The the teams that get a number one seed this year, the only teams that get a bye. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out 
in in the next few years with this expanded field in the NFL because a team that you know the two seed could be a 13 win team probably will be a 13 win team in in these conferences has to play on wild card weekend now and even if they're playing an eight and eight team that's a toll on their players that previously they got a week to recover there in the war of attrition that is the playoffs i think that that is a big deal Let's talk about another number, James, and this is the adjusted net yards values that Justice also uses. So I'm saying on Justice Mosqueda here that, that kind of look at a team's offense, a team's defense. The only offense in the NFL, and I believe this is specific to passing offense, that has been worse than the Bengals passing offense in terms of efficiency so all those five-yard plays that Joe Burrows had are really bad in terms of efficiency and, and, and show up badly in this stat. Only team worse than the Bengals in 2020 by this measure is the Philadelphia Eagles. The only team with a worse passing offense, or sorry, one of the teams with a worse passing offense than the Bengals because I think there are three worse. One of them is the Lions, one of them is the Cowboys, and the other one is the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's an opportunity here for both teams to write their respective ships in the passing offense, passing defense, as they've both really struggled in this area. And Carson Wentz is the subject of much consternation nationally and in Philadelphia. He has really struggled to start the season. And there's so many people ripping him nationally, locally. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of that. And so you're right. There's a lot of pressure on him going into this game. And that's why I think the key, you know, an early key, if you can get Gino and Mike back, make Carson Wentz beat you, right? Make him make tough throws and, and pressure throws and be able to put some pressure on him because they didn't do that against Baker last week. You know, the Browns are backed really into a corner and it never felt like that on Thursday night because they got off to that early lead. They drove right downfield. If you can apply some pressure to Carson, you want to see how he reacts because, again, of these two teams, one has much higher expectations. And, and it is interesting looking at at those numbers. And the, the one thing I will say, you, you look at this Bengals team, they should be, from a receiving standpoint, ascending to an extent. And, and I say that because you'd hope that A.J. Green and Joe Burrow, their chemistry continues to develop and grow. You would hope that T. Higgins continues to develop, and he talked about it on Monday, how much more comfortable he is now than he was just a few weeks ago. Had three catches on Thursday night. You would expect to see that help a little bit. Maybe he can help stretch the field. Um, obviously, Tyler Boyd showed up well and played well against the the Browns. Mike Thomas has, has played well. But the, the other thing is, is at some point you would hope that John Ross would step up and help stretch the field as well. So you're hoping that that happens. On the flip side, if I'm an Eagles fan, I could say, well, Deshaun Jackson's going to get loose at some point. The Bengals have weak linebackers and Zach Ertz is going to be tough to cover and Dallas Goddard's going to be tough to cover. And so you could play it on both ends there. And that really is going to be interesting because if I'm the Eagles, I would try to stop Joe Mixon, which might not be that big of a challenge given how the Bengals have run the ball through the first two games and make Joe Burrow throw it far downfield and try to beat you. And on the other side, you'd probably want to force Carson Wentz to do the same. So it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams kind of battle in that way. It's another week with similar narratives to, to the Browns week. If the Eagles get ahead and can start running the ball and the Bengals mm -hmm. don't have Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels again, maybe they do, maybe they don't, right? Then then the game starts to get worrisome because this is not a team built to play from behind. It's, it's just not. 
when Joe Burrow just has to straight drop back pass 61, 70 times, he, he touched the ball 70 times. We didn't hand the ball off on 70 plays against the Browns. And and to Zach Taylor's point, he, he points out 41 of those plays came in the two-minute drill at the end of the first half and, and in the last 10 minutes of the game when they're down two touchdowns. You don't want to put your rookie quarterback, no matter how good or bad he might be, into the situation where he's dropping back to pass 70 times in his second career <laughs> game on a short week. I mean, how, how absurd does that sound in retrospect? Yeah, it's nuts. And And right, exactly. And it's just... You hope that Carson Wentz, if you're a Bengals fan, continues to struggle. He's been off mechanically. He's not seeing the field very well, but these were things for for Baker too. And then they started mm-hmm. running the ball well, and they started getting him out of the pocket, started moving him, started scheming stuff. And and Doug Peterson, very capable coach. And and if Carson Wentz eats his built bars this week, the Bengals could could have a repeat of last week. But but if he doesn't eat his built bars, James. Maybe this time the story goes a little bit differently. And, and let's talk about these built Bars because I know you love them. They've got six new flavors. They've got the OGs, as you like to point out. But man, do I want to get my hands on a caramel brownie built Bar. They're amazing. I mean, they, they taste great. And yeah, Carson Wentz, the whole Eagles team should order them. But uh, maybe maybe they should start to try them on Monday after their matchup against the Bengals. And you're right, whether it's caramel brownie or apple almond crisp, the new six flavors are great. Check them out at builtbar.com. And the best part about these protein bars is they fit your macros and they taste great. It's not one or the other like it is with all these other ones. Low sugar, high protein, macro friendly, but you're not sacrificing taste. So go to builtbar.com right now. Check out all of their wonderful flavors and be sure to use promo code locked on. You're going to get $10 off your next order with promo code locked on at builtbar.com. Before we get into James's reasons for optimism, let's just revisit really quick one last time that NICO football we talked about at the top of the show. Joe Burrow, number one Bengals pick all over this football. Got Bengals history on the other side, a great picture of Paul Brown Stadium. This thing is just really appealing and is selling so quickly. I just want to make sure you're aware of it. Yep, it's a limited edition. It's only $99. All you got to do to get it is call 1-800-345-2868. Again, that number, 1-800-345-2868. Tell them Locked On Bengals sent you. You can also order online at nikosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O sports.com. Be sure to tell them Locked On Bengals sent you. Jake, I think there are a lot of people right now after the Bengals 0-2 start that are feeling down, and rightfully so, because there there are a lot of things that have been confirmed from a negative standpoint that we were down on, right? It's confirmed the offensive line is bad, and we spent all offseason saying, hey, be better, go get someone, please help it. We know that it's going to struggle, and the coaches said otherwise, but guess what? The offensive line is bad. That's the reality. Um, you, you know, They're still struggling against the run. There's plenty of reasons to be bothered. At the same time, I think there's plenty of reasons for optimism. And the first one's pretty damn obvious, Jake. It's Joe Burrow. Look, the dude, you you talked about it earlier in the podcast. Zach Taylor had him drop back 70 times with a poor offensive line on the road with fans in the stands, trailing by two possessions for much of the game. And Miles Garrett on the other side. Like that is a lot to ask, especially when you're looking at these wide receivers 
and no one was getting separation. No one was getting open downfield, really. And he had to make a lot out of nothing and be patient and really get tested. And he passed those tests. He didn't throw an interception after throwing 61 passes. And I get it. The Browns may leave a little bit to be desired uh, in the secondary department. At the same time, he was taking a lot of hits, uh, which, which is a negative. But he overcame all of that. And we've seen it time and time again. And when I think about the Bengals quarterback situation, I can't remember a time during, and, and this includes 2015, where in Andy Dalton's career, during Andy Dalton's career in Cincinnati, where I felt this confident about the future of that spot. Um, I, I think back to the Carson Palmer years. Obviously, in 2005, Bengals fans thought they had a top three quarterback with Manning and Brady uh, in the NFL. In, in 06, I think it was still there, and then it kind of dropped off after that. 07, I think people were started to have their questions. 08, he got injured. 09, wasn't nearly as explosive, in the, even though they won a bunch of close games. So I think for the first time since probably 06, you can look at the Bengals quarterback situation and say, hallelujah, we got one. He should end up, as long as the Bengals do what they need to do over the next few years, he should end up being a, a top 10 passer and maybe end up even even better. I think it's realistic to feel that way, and we've only watched him for two games. Yeah, I think that there are some people out there that think Joe Burrow is maxed out because his physical tools are what they are, and I think that's insane. And there are some people that think that he's going to turn into Andrew Luck. And or, or David Carr maybe would be the better comparison who just gets ruined by a bad offensive line. And I just think that he's mentally tough enough, at least so far, to, to deal with it. But I do think that the offensive line needs to improve because I, I think that no team can function with the offensive line the way it works. On the same or maybe other side of the coin, how about Pat Mahomes yesterday against that Los Angeles defense? He was shook. I mean, he, he struggled mm. in that game until the end of the game. And I think you have to give some credit to the Los Angeles Chargers defense for week one. The Browns defense, obviously not on the same level, but Miles Garrett still a very good player and still created a lot of problems along with Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi and company. The, the Bengals offensive line, obviously not good, but Joe Burrow, I think, good player. It's too bad that the Bengals have to play the Browns and the Steelers both twice a year those are both pretty good pass rushes it's too bad they had to start against Joey Bosa who is currently playing like an MVP like as much of an MVP as you could have as an edge rusher position James let me ask you a question did the way the Chargers played the Chiefs make you feel better about the Bengals week one performance I did a Twitter poll on this I want to see what your answer was I mean maybe a little but I see I thought the Chargers defense was really good and so like, I don't question Bosa. I don't question Ingram. I don't even question that secondary because even without a guy like Derwin James, those cornerbacks are for real, right? Chris Harris is the real deal. Hayward is the real deal in Los Angeles. So maybe a little, but not really because I think as much as that had to do with the Chargers defense and they got after it, I knew the Chargers defense was great. The difference to me in that game was – Herbert, you know, making plays and being able to get the ball to Austin Eckler, which I thought the Chargers were going to do more of against the Bengals, and they didn't. And in uh, kind of that side of the ball where they competed. Um, but but yeah, I, I, the Chargers should pose 
problems against a guy like even as great as Pat Mahomes is. They should get after him a little bit and make life a little tougher than the average NFL defense because they're not the average NFL defense. They're much better than that. And I I think that's something that uh, people probably didn't understand going into week one. So if you didn't, I get why you're feel differently maybe about that week one loss. But I, I always held that defense in pretty high regard. The thing about the Chiefs is it didn't matter what defense they played last year or or maybe two years ago even. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter how good your corners were. It didn't matter how good your edge rushers were. It just it was impressive for me. The the Los Angeles Chargers defense impressive. Almost almost bailed out Anthony Lynn's decision to punt in overtime, which by the analytics actually <laughs> Doesn't look that bad, by the way, um, because I don't think that it it, it uh, properly adjusts for Patrick Mahomes being on the other side. Uh, the answers to this poll: sixty-two point two percent do feel better about the Bengals' Week One performance after watching how the Chargers <laughs> played the Chiefs, and thirty-seven point eight percent of you are fully jaded and and have no optimism left. James, give them one more reason to be optimistic heading into Week Three. Outside of Geno Atkins and, you know, uh, Sean Williams and Mike Daniels potentially coming back, obviously, that's a reason to be optimistic and you hope that happens. But I'm going to stick with the offense. And, and I mentioned this on, on Sunday's show, if you listen to it with Zim and, and yourself, Jake. Uh, but A.J. Green should have three touchdowns right now. And I, I get it. A lot of people are down on him. They think he's done. I just... I am sort of encouraged by what I've seen. You, you go back and watch. I get it. He, you know, he he struggled at times. But look, Denzel Ward's really good. That Los Angeles secondary is really good. And, and yeah, A.J. Green's a little rusty. But call me in two weeks because I, I'm pretty optimistic. I have an optimistic view uh, of Green and where he's going to be and how we're going to think of him after this matchup against Philadelphia on the road and then that home date against Jacksonville. I think he's poised for a couple big games. We'll see if it happens. I just think Joe Burrow's too accurate, too smart of a player to not get on the same page with Green, and, and he's still uh, a high-end talent and good enough to get it done. So we'll see over the next couple of weeks. But I, I think if he had a couple of those touchdowns and the, the circumstances went the other way, we wouldn't be throwing you know dirt on, on the grave of it or you know on the casket of AJ Green. And, and honestly, I haven't even bought the shovel. Jake, because I'm I'm just not there yet. I think he's going to be fine. I think they use machines for that now, but uh, I, I don't know where <laughs> I'm at on AJ Green. I think he needs to prove it a little bit. I, I'm not ready to say that he's he's cooked or he's washed or whatever term you want to use, but he, he hasn't been AJ Green through two weeks. That's all. M- maybe he gets back to it. And we'll talk about it in two weeks because I, I don't know who plays corner for Philly right now. I haven't started looking ahead to Philly yet. We'll talk to Louie about it a little bit later in the week. And then Jacksonville, well, at least they've got C.J. Henderson back there. He's been very good through his first two games for Jacksonville. And so we'll see how Green deals with his next couple of weeks. Yeah, Darius Slay this week. That's going to be a tough one. But I, I'll i take Green in that matchup. Write it down. I mean, I'm think you're taking green in every matchup i don't think it needs to be written down but but that's why we love you james and we wouldn't have it any other way that's going to do it for this episode of the lockdown bengals podcast we'll be back tomorrow with pff anthony to talk a little bit about what the bengals have done 
to acclimate Joe Burrow to the NFL. He wrote that great article back around the time the Bengals drafted Burrow saying this is what the Bengals can do to let Joe Burrow flourish in his NFL offense. So we'll catch up with Anthony. Then we've got the crossover coming your way on Thursday. And then it's going to be Friday. Time to get ready for that Eagles game with a preview. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.